This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Start your journey to becoming a great developer at learn.thoughtbot.com. Giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robot Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Josh Pickford. How are you doing, Josh? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. So, wh- you have so many things that you're doing. How do you divide your time? That's that's like that's the big thing that. I don't know, like a decade in, I'm still trying to figure out. Um, A lot of it's kind of got to do with, uh, I would say, whatever I'm feeling kind of, I don't know, like uh, passionate about at the time that or like maybe more inspired is probably the word. So like, for instance, the bare metric stuff came up because I've got a couple of other SaaS products like that you mentioned, Pop, Survey and Temper. And you know, it's like I'd been using that since Stripe was in beta. And so I've got all this Stripe data and I don't, I don't really like, I can hook up other stuff like, you know, Kiss Metrics or there's a dozen other analytics things out there or I could build my own thing. And I had always kind of built like random uh, things. So, so bare metrics is just sort of like scratching my own itch. And that's, and I would say that's sort of the the theme for me is like this particular thing kind of, grates on me and then it grates on me enough to where I need to do something about it. And, and so that's sort of, and that kind of persists through like how I need to pick of what I need to work on. So like I'll get like pop surveys kind of to some extent an autopilot um, because it's, you know, it's running it smooth. I can answer customer support stuff, but I don't have to spend a lot of time on that. So, you know, that moves on to the next thing. And if I've done that for a while, then for a couple of weeks, I'll move on to something else and then go back. I swap back and forth a lot uh, as far as building products. Um, the support stuff is like a daily thing across all of the stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask. So you you answered uh, my emails really fast. Is that is that top priority for you? If if someone drops you a support request, is that like drop everything and answer that? Uh, it depends. Like with bare metrics, I'm up to my ears in that right now. So it's like I, you caught me at the right time on that one. I mean, typically I respond to stuff within a day. With barometric stuff, I'm all day. I'm exchanging emails back and forth, trying to. With that particular product, a lot of it's like trying to figure out what people actually want that works across the board. Like I know what I want, but I can't sell just what I want for something like this. I kind of have to find the the median across the board for everybody. So, how many customers? You 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 post on your blog that barometrics is kind of like you you've found seem to have struck a nerve on that. Sure. So, like, let's see here. We're five or six weeks in and i think we're like right around 40 customers so that's paying anywhere from 29 to 250 bucks a month um, so and that's purely i think the only thing i have done nothing to promote it uh it's been like me tweeting stuff and then stripe tweeting about and the, the people at stripe yeah I, I found you in case you're curious on stripe's integration page yeah so that's a, that's a that thing converts really well so it's been good. So, so you're you're cranking code on that these days? Tons of code. So, and like right now, it's um, rewriting. So, like when I first started pulling in the Stripe data, like I've worked with the Stripe API for stuff before, but never like I need to suck down the entire stream of Stripe data for a given user and do something with it. So, figuring out the right way to store that, like I did, I got like it works now for the most part, but it's like you know, there's lots of edge cases of the way that people use their Stripe account. So I, it has not been as flexible as I wanted. So I'm redoing the back end of that stuff so that I can 
so it's a lot more flexible for people. Gotcha. What's the service written in? It's uh, Ruby and Rails. Yeah, I mean, just looking at our own Stripe data, there's some weird corner cases where weird things have happened and invoices with negative amounts and plans that we deleted and then re-brought back with the same name. And I can imagine it's a little bit of a nightmare getting this to work across everybody. Exactly. And there's, I mean, I think a lot, some of it's, you, you get things where there was some like error in billing and you end up like charging a bunch of people on the same day who typically wouldn't get charged on the same day. So you end up with these big spikes in the graphs and stuff. So it's like, you have to start playing with, do people want to see just raw data put into a graph or do they want to see like the trend instead of just the spikes? And so like the trend data is what you, what really kind of matters as far as your long-term business goes. But that's the whole like inner struggle that a lot of times I'm just sitting here like staring at the screen trying to feel like, what well, I gotta, I gotta pick something. So that's, that's the stuff that I'm working on right now. It's like the code isn't that hard. It's making the decisions for how people might use it. That's how it, how it usually is. And, and it's, it's interesting for us. Like the, the thing that matters is the long-term trend stuff, but as someone who's doing, you know, working on it every day, you kind of want to like peek in and say like, how are we doing right now? Exactly. You still, there's still a part of you like that selfishly just wants to know what the last 24 hours was. Absolutely. Like, even though it doesn't really matter, but you still want to know. So do you do pretty active development on the other stuff? You said pop survey is pretty, pretty hands off these days. Is temper taking a lot of time? So temper, um, that's kind of an interesting story. So temper was an offshoot. It's technically the same company. Um, I mean, like legally pop surveys, its own entity and pop survey and temper is also part of pop survey. So Temper was an offshoot of something like I had planned on building into Pop Survey, and then decided like the the problem with surveys is that people don't send them that often. So when you talk, start talking about like a, a service that you're trying to charge monthly for, well, people like the churn on that's awful because people send out like one survey a year, and and I think there's a lot of like fundamentally people have been sending surveys wrong. Like they they typically send out these like 80 question surveys that take 10, 20 minutes for somebody to answer. And they shouldn't be sending those out in the first place. They should be sending out like a something that takes like three minutes to take. And you should send that more often. I mean, not like weekly, but monthly, quarterly, something like that. Um, but people don't do that. So temper was like sort of this answer to a problem of uh, how can we provide some valuable data to, to businesses that they're willing to pay for on an ongoing basis. So customer satisfaction is one of those things like, a lot of times you ask those kind of questions in a survey and it would be awesome to know like long all the time what's sort of the pulse of our business when it comes to customer satisfaction. So temper was the thing like you just you would use that and leave it in place. It's not something that you would send out the little temper, you know, smiley face widget thing. You just always have it and you're always seeing kind of how you're doing over time. So people pay for that on an ongoing basis. So that took that. So that was uh, launched. I think August first was the like when it officially launched. Um, so I spend I spend a decent amount of time in that too. Do you do your own your own design? So Temper uh, is no, not on that one. I that's outsourced, um, or at least initially it was. Now I've you know take the design direction and I keep it going. Um, Bare Metrics is all hundred percent me handling all that stuff. The uh, it's it's good. The landing page was solid. I was like, okay, yeah, this looks finally something that looks decent from the landing page. Well, thank you. So is this is this just you? Do you have do you have other people that you work with, or is this, are these all solo entrepreneur stuff? Uh, so Pop Survey started off as um, I was so in 2010, end of 2010, a couple of guys 
who run Grasshopper, who started that, they're the founders of that, and they're still running that stuff, actually had started the idea of Pop Survey. It was called something else at the time. And I was doing a ton of uh, design dev consulting stuff. So I started as the contract developer on that in 2010. Uh, and then quick within, by the end of when we launched in November, 2011, uh, I was CEO. That's, that's way more official than it needs to be, but technically on paper, I was the CEO of it at that point. And so that's, I guess that's sort of, I mean, I'm the only one doing anything on it at this point. I mean, like we've had designers come and go on that. And my two co-founders who technically started it, they're full-time with Grasshopper. So they don't do anything on a day. They're more like advisors at this point. And I'm, you know, large majority ownership of the product, all that stuff. So, uh, and that's the, on temper. Uh, I'm handling 100% of that and same with bare metrics. So largely solo. And you work from home? I do. Yeah. So this is mostly you cranking out SaaS apps from your living room. Right. Well, yeah. Or, or wherever. I have an office. Your office. Yeah. How do you, you must, uh, how do you like the lifestyle? Uh, I've been, I mean, it's, I've always been, uh, Self-employed. I mean, I don't. I don't really know any different. When I was so after college, I went to college for uh, graphic design, and uh, graduated in two thousand five. Got married uh, a couple of weeks after that. Moved. I, I grew up in Mississippi. Uh, we got my wife and I got married, and then a week later moved out to Denver uh, just for kicks. Didn't have a job or anything, and I just graduated college. So. Uh, I'd started looking for a job, like just, or for freelance work, actually design stuff, interactive firm down there is like, Hey, you want a job? All right, sure. And then turns out, no, I did not want that job. So it's like seven weeks later, I bailed. It was awful. I just hate commutes, uh, working for other people, not my thing. So that was, that was 2005 and I haven't looked back since. Interesting. So, so freelancing for a while and then you started your own products. Yeah, I, mean, I would say even in college, I was building random stuff. So like uh, I used to have a tech publication called The Apple Blog. Uh, and that started that in college. And then in 2000 and I think eight, uh, a com- uh, another tech publication called GigaOM acquired it. Um, and so like they've rolled it into their own stuff and I don't have anything to do with it anymore. But, you know, like that's sort of the, I've always sort of had the entrepreneurial bug and then like the web stuff. I've always been building stuff, I guess. I mean, the, the college thing, like in hindsight, I wouldn't have gone to college. Um, but you know, it's like, it was a good time for me to figure stuff out and to try other things besides going to class. In a, in a blog post you wrote, uh, you mentioned a tweet that you put out, which was, uh, I'm not sure which product this was, but he said, dropped our free plan, dropped the trial period, dropped our cheapest plan, and doubled our prices. Result, 40% increase in revenue. So that's Pop Survey, and that was that was in April, I think. Um, yeah, so that's that goes back. Like, the survey industry is so um, saturated, and then, like, you know, the elephant in the room, or the monkey in the room, as it were, uh, survey monkey, and that's, like, when, it, when you say, like, online surveys, survey monkey. So... You know, I think for a lot of for when people come to find a survey solution, they're comparing their price, they're doing price comparison and feature comparison. Like that's just how that game goes. And so for a long time, it was like, well, we're not competing on features, no interest in that because that's what's made all this crappy software to begin with. So initially, it was like, well, maybe we can kind of beat them on price, not beat them, but at least be similar. 
And so that they can't be like, oh, this is too expensive or, you know, it's like, and hoping that the design, the simplicity of it all would help justify things for them. So that, that's what we had for the first, I guess, year and a half or something. And then it was just like so many people were signed. I mean, like free trials notoriously on any product don't convert. I mean, a tiny percentage do, but, and when you don't have to put in a credit card, uh, people aren't as invested in wanting to make the product work. So all that stuff in mind, it was like, okay, let's just kind of, let's see what happens if we change a bunch of this stuff. And it worked. I mean, obviously we don't get nearly as many signups, but it's like the people who do sign up, like they've put in their credit card and they've been billed for it. So even though we offer a 60 day money back guarantee, uh, people will typically just say, well, I want to try to make it work. And so they do. So uh, what's on the calendar in the background there? The red is uh, days I'm not working. And then typically I've got like uh, them shaded in uh, with like what I plan on working on. Um, I've just kind of gotten lazy with it. So, but it's, it's easy for me to like look back there and see like, oh wait, I'm off this whole week. Or like if I'm trying to like, in my head gauge um, like, okay, I've, I want to get this thing out in the next two weeks. Oh, wait a second. I'm taking a week off to go to Disney World with my family. So it's that kind of just quick glance stuff that's hard for me to look at in like uh, the OSX calendar app because there's a million other things in there. Is it hard to get your boss to give you permission to have that much time off? Uh, my wife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, she would, she would love for me to take much more time off. Yeah. There's a, de- there's a decent amount of that color that people can't see, but there's a decent amount of red in there, at least in December. Yeah, December's uh, and the others just... I don't. I guess I haven't even looked at January yet. It's it is February, December, January. That's just because of the way that I, I don't want to redo the entire board every time I need to shift a month over. So I just erase the last month that just finished and put it over there. Either so, there's stuff going on that just have I haven't filled in because I've I've gotten lazy with it. I was reading on your blog that you were planning on doing a news sabbatical. Like you're apparently a bit of a news junkie, and you decided that you want to take a little break from it. Yeah, so that I've kept that up for uh, I don't know how many months that's been. It was whenever the Boston bombings were. That was when I I kind of got disgusted with it, like I, like with myself and my response to uh, to the way that I was responding, or the the way that I didn't have any like feelings towards it. I was just like sucking in the news, and then like, okay, I know that now, but like I don't, I can't do anything with it, and I wasn't feeling any sort of emotion. So it was like. Something's not on here, so I need to stop. I'm I, I'm desensitized to it, and so I haven't haven't gone back. Don't watch the news. Like we used to, like my wife and I would like at dinner, like right after dinner, we'd turn on the nightly news and all that stuff. And it's always about you know all these different wars going on, which is like that stuff's awful. But at the same time, personally, I have zero influence there. That's like that's out of my realm of influence. And there's other stuff that I'm involved in outside of, you know, as far as things I can influence and, you know, international war is not one of them, but it's like that filling up my head and like taking that in, is kind of useless. Sort of along those same lines, you wrote about um, trying to have a little bit more of a minimalistic lifestyle, sort of getting rid of things. And you sort of use that um, to be, you, you mentioned that being somewhat analogous to product design where you can, there's a lot of freedom and benefits from cutting things out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I would say that drives most of like with uh, bare metrics. So the emphasis there was you click a button and it works, right? I mean, there's some time there for it to import and all, but I mean, there's not all this like setup stuff or mapping 
variables to other things and like it just you just do it and it's done and and so like when you can make that work that doesn't always work and that there's some things that um you kind of have to give up but that's just that's all that will always be the case unless you know if we're trying to build some like thousand dollar a month enterprise level software that lets anybody customize anything then fine but like that bores me to death so I won't work on it. And I would say that's that's just typically, I mean, Pop Survey and Temper, both of those. Temper is a very, like, niche. Pro- like, I don't want it to be the, what's it called, Qualaroo. Like, you know, the little, it used to be called Kiss, uh, Kiss Insights. It's a little pop-up thing where you can basically survey someone in a tiny little pop-up, win- like, widget. Like, people ask for that stuff from Temper, but I don't have any, that's not our focus. It's, like, specifically on customer satisfaction. And that works for a lot of people. Other people, it doesn't. I'm fine with that. Mm. Are you going to add temper to barometrics at some point? Uh, maybe. I mean, right now, I, I think it's sort of, it's such a, like, right now there's just that dashboard. And there's some, like, I don't, right now it doesn't make sense. To, I don't have the volume for temper to make sense. Other sites that do have a lot more volume yet. Or they have a ton of support request tickets so that you put it in their ticket system. Makes sense in that scale. What's in the pipeline for barometrics? Better dating, better better importing? Yeah, the importing stuff, like, before, at this point, it doesn't import all your Stripe data. Like, I, I pick out the what I need to calculate the different metrics. Uh, now, and this next thing that'll come out in a couple of weeks is uh, importing everything, the entire, you know, if you might have a million, couple million events in Stripe, it pulls all that in and parses it or at least saves it in the database so that I can do something with it and not have to keep re-importing data every time I want to like add a metric. So like there's that backend side of things, but then you'll be able to um, set like, I want to see data for uh, the past 30 days, or I want to see data for the past nine months or from the 15th of this month to the 10th of that month. And then also drilling down a lot further. So like uh, for your cancellations, you click through on the cancellation graph and see who's canceled and like what plans they canceled from or upgrades, what they upgraded to and like, see that kind of stuff that where things just break out a lot more. Um, so there's this, you know, it's like bare metrics is a simple product and I want to keep it simple, but it becomes like right now it's people sign up for it. And uh, initially there's like this sort of, Oh, we haven't seen any of these data points before or very few of them. This is awesome. And then like, you don't, you might check it a couple more times throughout that first week and then you just you don't come back because you can't do much with the data more than maybe at best weekly so helping people to dig further in like when they start noticing a problem they can spend more time in barometrics sifting through stuff so like that's the emphasis is making the stuff more useful on an ongoing basis so i'll I'll confess, I, th- I thought about building something like this because you know I had this I had this pain at work, and one of the things that stopped me was the fear that Stripe could decide, you know what, we got to offer really good metrics and then just kill me dead. Is that a concern? I'm not concerned with it at this point. So I've a couple weeks ago went out to San Francisco and had a meeting with Stripe and those guys and talked about kind of what they've got in the pipeline for that stuff uh, and kind of like where bare metrics would fit into that pipeline and other, I mean, just other, you know, there's tons of other people building stuff on top of Stripe. So I guess all that to say, like I'm at this point, I'm not concerned about it. If anything, it's, I think the way that where Stripe's headed with stuff, it will be beneficial for bare metrics. Hmm. Cool. It's nice of them to sort of offer you some of that insight. Yeah, totally. They get, they 
I don't, I don't feel like, I, I mean, I, I knew going into it that there's some inherent risk with building. I mean, anybody that's building something on top of the third party, whether that's something like Twitter or, you know, there's some risk there that they'll just build the functionality into it. And even, but I mean, even if Stripe does some sort of additional analytics, I, there's, I don't, I can't imagine them ever getting like super detailed with that, you know, like, or at least that might be years down the road enough time for me to, you know, at least have built a decent business for a couple of years. So what haven't I asked you about? What should we talk about that we haven't covered yet? What am I into? Farming, the the tiny farmstead blog. So I think like, I think a lot of people in, uh, whether it's, I I don't necessarily consider myself in like the startup world, but whatever, building a business, people who are stare at the internet all day. A lot of people have make a bad mistake of not getting involved with stuff outside of the internet. And so they kind of get obsessed with building their business or, uh, you know, obsessing about things like metrics, whatever, you know, like, but they, but, and they get stuck in that mindset and they work and work and work and work and never get involved in anything outside of that. And so it's easy to get burned out like that. So, uh, you know, in the past couple of years, I've taken up woodworking and then starting a small, I mean, like, sort of the urban garden kind of thing. And we've got a decent amount of, of a backyard where we can have a, a nice size garden and grow more than enough food for us. So, so my goal with that is to grow food for us, but also like long-term uh, open that up to like where our neighbors are also coming into our yard to like, it becomes almost like a, like a community garden kind of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm in suburbia, like, I'm on a cul-de-sac in the middle of a neighborhood with, you know, thousands of houses. And so this stuff doesn't exist like in our area. So having like our little cul-de-sac of five or six houses all saying, hey, we're going to come together and grow food for each other. To me, there's a there's a huge like I think especially in like suburban America, people get stuck in their houses and never, you know, and helping people come out of their houses is I'm I'm passionate about that. I mean, like. Our, and our neighbors are great about that. So like during the summers we do, uh, there's kid, there's a ton of kids in our cul-de-sac. So we'll have like a uh, kickball on Sunday nights together in the cul-de-sac together, or, you know, we'll do Halloween together. Or we'll grill out together, you know, that kind of stuff and being really intentional about it. So I feel that's really good for me to get it, especially from somebody who works from home, who's here most of the time uh, to get out of the house and, meet other people that are not have and I don't talk business with them, you know, like I talk about life and growing tomatoes and playing kickball, you know. So that stuff's that's been really good. Hmm. It's interesting to me how little of that there seems to be in the world these days. Like I even in you so you mentioned that's how it's like in suburbia, but I I live in the city and it's it's similar. I have neighbors that live right, you know, on top of me, right across the hallway is their doorway. And I still don't we still don't really interact that much. Yeah, totally. And I, I I think people just get so focused on the task at hand and like, and keeping themselves busy. And, and I mean, I'm guilty of that for sure. Um, but it's so nice. Like, you know, I'll take off at three in the afternoon and just go like pull weeds or something like it's kind of therapeutic. So to, and just let my head process stuff without looking at my phone or answering emails or anything like that it's just i'm just outside it's quiet 
and and that social aspect too that knowing your neighbors gives you is so important like we're so totally wired to form social groups like we are definitely social animals and so there's it feels like that the lack of that is actually kind of a kind of a problem it's kind of bad I'd agree and I think some a lot of times people can they get they can get lonely really easily and feel like you know well, I don't I, I know my coworkers but and there's some of them are my friends but I don't like if I needed something the people who are within like proximity really close to you are your best resource for that stuff and it's like until you build those relationships you can't take advantage of that stuff you know it's like when we were gone to this I mentioned we went to Disney World uh a couple of weeks ago like we were gone for a week and we've got two pugs and uh and so it's like well our neighbors just came and their kids walked them every day and like took them over to their house and spent like four hours playing with their dogs. Like we could have boarded them, but it's like that gave us an opportunity to, for us to connect with our neighbors. And, you know, it's like that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't spent time investing in that stuff. And that's stuff that will last way longer than some stupid business. You know, like when, when, when something stops working out, when people stop sending surveys or they, don't care about customer satisfaction or for whatever reason, my product starts sucking. Like who cares? My neighbor doesn't care. They don't even know what I do. I I hate talking about it with them because I'm tired of, I've been doing it all day. So I don't want to talk about it with them. So I just like doing life with people. And that's, it's nice to pull myself out of the business side of things. That's interesting. The attitude you seem to have towards all that, like considering that sort of, these things are sort of your lifeblood. Do you have like almost a blase attitude towards them? But that keeps me from getting too stressed about it. You know? Uh, and, and that's part of the reason that I don't, I kind of have my hands in a lot of different things. Um, it's part of, it's like a diversification kind of thing. Uh, I understand. I mean, some people it's like, they want to be all in on one thing, give it 150%. And a lot of times they end just driving themselves into the ground and, and it's super stressful. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to build a hundred million, $10 million business. Like I want to support my family, but also I want to grow. Like it's fun building businesses, no doubt. But I don't want it stops being fun for me when I end up having the stress of fifty employees who are depending on me to make good decisions so that they can support their family. So that's that's it stops being fun for me at that point. And so I that's why I try to not put all my eggs in one basket from both a picking certain businesses to get involved with and just focusing on business. You know, I, that's why getting outside and doing a garden is good for me because I'm not so obsessed with something that I, I like, I've stopped being an enjoyable person because I, the only thing I can think about and talk about is my business. That's cool. You seem like someone who has figured out pretty closely what makes you happy and you're sort of executing on that plan. I think so. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm always looking to improve, not necessarily my happiness, but I mean, I enjoy the challenge of growing things. Uh, like businesses and, you know, the garden, I guess. But like, yeah, I just always, I don't know. I, I, I found that my satisfaction doesn't come from the business per se. Um, the satisfaction comes with, from the relationship side of things. Like that's what, like Bear Metrics has been really, um, has been extremely rewarding primarily because of the feedback that has come in from other people. Like they're, the fact that they're like, ah, I've been wanting this for so long or we started building this and it just sucked. And like the fact that people enjoy that so much, that's what, like that ultimately is what makes me happier than them paying me 
hundred bucks a month or something. Well, I think that's a perfect stopping point. So uh, thank you so much for dropping by. I appreciate it. It was good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to thoughtbot.com slash giantrobots slash 80. Today's podcast was recorded and produced by Mike Manor and edited by Igor Stolarski. And just a quick heads up, uh, we're going to be taking off the next week for the holidays. So don't miss us too much, and we'll see you back in the new year. Thanks very much for listening. 